Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, we're going to talk about when to mix it up versus when to keep it the same. Plateauing is super common if you're a fitness enthusiast, and it's not necessarily something to panic about. It's just something to get curious about. But the first thing that people want to do when they stop getting sore or when they feel like they're plateauing is they want to mix it up. And it's a totally normal and natural inclination. But is that actually more effective? Should we be challenging our body in different ways all the time? The answer is yes and no. And it's something that I'll explain in today's episode. So welcome. If your goal is muscle hypertrophy and strength from your resistance training, which is generally what I recommend, you know, until you get to a muscle mass that you're happy with, Mixing it up is actually not the best thing to do when you hit a plateau. At least you don't want to mix it up significantly. So a lot of people will measure their workouts on soreness, and I don't recommend measuring the efficacy of your workouts on soreness. So what happens is many people stop getting sore, as sore at least, in their fitness routine, and they think that that means they're not progressing. So they mix it up and they start getting sore again, and they think that the change in their workouts is what is the factor that's driving more progress. But soreness often happens when you do an activity your body isn't used to, and so many studies show that it's actually not a reliable indication of muscle damage or muscle stress. So just because you aren't sore doesn't necessarily mean that you're not progressing. And soreness isn't bad or wrong. You know, I still often get sore, but it's not something that you should seek out, I guess I should say. Also, you don't need to keep your muscles guessing and your muscles don't get confused. That's a myth. So I think this messaging comes from fitness marketers trying to always kind of sell you on a new plan and keep you excited, but it's not based in science. And, you know, they also know that if you try something new and you move your body in different ways, you're likely to get sore and think that, oh, I'm sore, so this must mean this is working. So let's explain what actually happens to stimulate change in a muscle. Hypertrophy or um, increasing your muscle size definition comes from selecting exercises that are effectively overloading the muscles. So loading them a bit beyond, you know, what they're used to and then giving them adequate recovery. So you load them a bit beyond, you know, what they're used to. You give them some recovery at least two days. I recommend more than two days, about maybe a week or so. And then repeating again a few days to a week later with a bit more resistance or volume. So this is called progressive overload. So each time you're showing up to work that muscle, you're doing just a little bit more than it was used to, and that's how it gets stronger. But muscles know how to contract and relax. You can improve their rate of firing or their contraction with practice and intention, which I'll talk about in a moment, but they don't get confused. They know how to do their job, which is to contract and relax. Your quadricep knows how to straighten your knee and then relax so that you can bend your knee, right? So it doesn't need to be confused in order to get stronger. So let's talk about why you wouldn't want to mix up your training too much if you feel like you're hitting a plateau or if you just you know, are bored with your training, why I don't recommend mixing it up too much. It has to do with neural adaptations. So let's let's use the example of a Bulgarian split squat. 
So let's say you try a Bulgarian split squat, which we've been doing more recently lately because I really like this exercise. It's not necessarily for everyone. Let me just say that. Like not everyone needs to do Bulgarian split squats. No exercise is necessarily for every single person, um, but we're just going to use this as an example. So let's say the first few weeks you're trying a Bulgarian split squat and you're practicing this exercise and your body is trying to coordinate it. Your brain is developing what's called a neural map of how to coordinate muscle contractions, how to coordinate uh, a series of movements in order for you to complete that pattern. So you have to figure out how to position your spine, you know, what to contract, how to squeeze, how to balance yourself, where to hold a weight, what joints are moving. All of these things are all happening, you know, the first few times you do this exercise. And at first, you'll find you're quote unquote weak in that specific movement. And you're not weak. You're just, you know, maybe, maybe you feel less connected in that specific movement because you don't have strong mapping. But this quickly improves within a matter of about a month. So you get stronger within that first month because of neural adaptation, because your body figures out a more efficient pattern at completing that movement. And so you get stronger and you're able to exert more force. Additionally, in the beginning, when you're doing that new movement, you might get more sore than you would if you you know, were doing a step up, which is maybe a glute exercise that your body is more used to. But it doesn't necessarily mean that a Bulgarian split squat is more effective than a step up. It just means that your body wasn't used to that movement and so you got sore. So a lot of people, you know, confuse mixing up their workouts and soreness with, oh, that must mean that because I mix it up, it's more effective. So let's talk a little bit deeper about how you get stronger and how you progressively overload. So Humans are not capable of voluntarily producing maximum force, at least not routinely. Your brain has kind of like a circuit breaker that stops you from contracting too much or or lifting too heavy of a load that could injure the tissue. You know, I think there's some exceptions, like you hear about people um, under great great amounts of stress being able to like lift cars and things like that, but that's the exception to the rule. Usually, our brain has a circuit breaker that that prevents us from lifting really, really heavy weights and getting to our maximum capacity in every single weight. So my point is, is that you have a lot more in reserve than you realize, but consistent exposure to training and similar movement patterns allows you to activate muscles better due to increased central drive. Central drive is essentially the ability of your brain to send a message to your spinal cord and out to the nerves of your muscles to contract those muscles. So the stronger your central drive, the stronger your connection from your brain to your spinal cord, to the nerves, out to the muscles, the more accurately you can contract those muscles. Therefore, as you train, you get more efficient at creating stronger muscles. And the best way to be more efficient and more effective in your workouts is to practice and learn how to recruit and contract as many fibers as possible within a muscle using similar movement patterns that load muscles but limit strain to your joints. So the best way, I'm going to repeat that because it seemed like a lot, the best way to most efficiently 
strengthen your muscles is to practice a movement and practice recruiting as many fibers within that muscle and squeezing with what I call 100% effort, practicing that neural mapping, that central drive to those muscles so that you can contract them, load them more and get stronger faster. In order for a muscle fiber or a muscle to adapt and grow, the most important thing is that you're able to recruit it with high efficacy. So it takes some time to get quote unquote good at recruiting, you know, as many fibers within that muscle as you can, and it takes some practice. But once you practice, once you increase your coordination of that movement, you start to get stronger. And this happens, you know, within like a few weeks and you can load it more. So the reason that mixing it up isn't always as effective is because you kind of have to go back to that square one and relearn how to do a movement. So you might be weaker in that movement. Your body has to learn how to coordinate it. And you're you're going back to square one as opposed to just continuing to do the movement that you know is loading the muscle and limiting strain to joints and continuing to add more resistance, um, more volume, more repetitions, progressive overload, whatever it may be. So That's why I don't necessarily recommend like mixing up your training too much if you're hitting a plateau. I just recommend, you know, seeing if you can contract harder, uh, creating more internal resistance by connecting to that muscle more. Maybe it's that you need a little bit more recovery time. A lot of times that's a big reason why you'll see a plateau is because you're not giving your body enough time to like totally clear out and build new tissue. So um, I did a uh, podcast called When and Why to Take a Reset Week. I will link that in the show notes, but that's one that I highly recommend listening to if you feel like you're hitting a plateau rather than just like mixing it up. Also may mean you need to tweak nutrition. You know, I talk about all the time, like maybe you need to get more protein. Maybe you need to focus on that a little bit more too. So instead of just mixing it up and bringing yourself back to square one of, of your body, trying to learn a new movement instead of trying to load the, load the movements that you already know with more efficacy. So if you're bored in your training and it's leading you to decrease your consistency, that's a whole nother thing. And at that time, you know, there's some, there's certain things that you can do to, use similar movements, but create like a little more excitement in your trainings. And that's what we try to do in Evlo really all the time. Like we'll add drop sets, we'll add bands, we'll play with timing, we'll play with cadence, we'll play with, um, you know, sometimes not very often, but sometimes we'll add like some plyometrics or something like that. But I don't necessarily recommend mixing up your lifts beyond, you know, what you know is loading that muscle with the least amount of joint stress. I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but hopefully, hopefully the point is across. So you could do a bicep curl, which is super effective at loading the biceps and is relatively safe. You could do a bicep curl forever and ever and just slowly load more, or maybe you'll get to a point, um, like I'm kind of getting to in my arms where I'm like, okay, I have enough muscle in my arms. I'm just going to kind of maintain that. And um, it doesn't mean I'm going to spice up my bicep work and do different exercises. I'm just going to use the same resistance and uh, the same relative repetitions. Okay. So this leads me to my next point. Is it beneficial to move our bodies in different ways? Yes. Working on mobility, control, coordination is great for your overall joint and brain body health. But my recommendation is not to do this when you are using resistance and loading your tissues so that you reduce the risk of injury. So if we're talking about building muscle, if we're talking about creating uh, hypertrophy in your muscles, that's not the time to mix it up because it's a different goal, right? Our goal for that is 
um, limit strain to joints, maximize muscle strength and um, definition. When we're talking about my goal is to improve my connection to my body. My goal is to work on my mobility, work on my uh, control. The way we do those things is to you utilize different movement patterns in um, like how we do it is in our mobility drills, in our warmups and our cooldowns. And the idea is to improve your neural map to your brain body wiring to a certain area or a certain joint. So you could try some of these more challenging mobility drills. They're kind of fun, but um, something something interesting to try. So all four is scapular circles. So you are on hands and knees and you're trying to circle your scapular, circle your shoulder without moving your neck or your spine and go both directions. See if one feels harder to do, to do than the other. You can try one at a time. Those are some great things to do. Uh, another one of my favorite mobility drills that people have a hard time coordinating, which means could be something that, you know, an area for improvement to practice more is uh, rib cage circles. <laughs> so this one, you'll like literally feel like a belly dancer. You could do the standing, you could do the seated. I like to do it in all fours on hands and knees. And again, you try to keep everything still except circle your rib cage right on top of your hips and keep your hips really still. And again, see if you can really like trace the inside of a bowl, perfect circle, go both directions. And then my last one that is kind of fun, creative type movement is single leg standing uh, hip figure eights. <laughs> There's a lot, but basically you stand on both feet, you shift your weight into your right leg and create a figure eight with your right hip. So your left leg is also on the ground. Um, your pressure is through your right foot and you're cr- trying to create a figure eight with that right hip. And those aren't about, you know, getting them perfect or if you if you misinterpreted my explanation, that's not, or if I didn't say it right, that's not the point. The point is just getting your body to move in different ways, improving that neural map um, connection to just different movements of your body. I also love to spice it up in and mix it up in cardio. And I say this with caution because, you know, I think you still have to be responsible for with what movements you're choosing so that you're not stressing out your joints. So as long as you're not violating and hurting your joints, you can coordinate different like moves or or uh, movement patterns or even doing like dance cardio or kickboxing. And that can be really good for your brain-body connection and trying to improve your pre- precision, trying to improve your speed, things like that. All of those things um, can be great to incorporate into your workouts to keep them more fun, more exciting, and can be great for consistency. So how we do this in um, Evlo is that we do low a low impact cardio class which tends to be like more fun type movements and then we are also adding i'm super excited about this we're also adding starting next friday this class format called evlo that i'm teaching and it's a little bit of everything so we're doing leg lower body build to start and in our build section you know we're more interested in progressive overload choosing exercises that are the most effective with the least joint stress loading those legs And then we get into um, a short cardio segment. It's about 15 minutes. We do some creative movements. We do some hit. We do some like kind of dance type cardio. It's really fun. Then we go to the ground and we work upper body. Again, same thing, progressive overload. And then we do burn at the end, core burn, five, 10 minutes. Um, Again, same thing, progressive overload, doing exercises uh, that effectively load those trunk muscles. And then we end with a cool down. So that's starting next Friday. You have all members get excited about that. It's a really fun class because it just feels like it hits a little bit of everything. Um, 
If you're an Evelyn member and you're like, wait a second, where is full body build and burn going on Fridays? That will still stay there. Peyton is just going to teach my full body build and burn. And we're just going to trial this out for a little bit. We might bring the schedule back to what it used to be, but we're just going to trial out this class for a little bit. All right. So I went on a little bit of a tangent there. In summary, should we work up, mix up our workouts? Should we mix up our workouts? And the answer is, is it just depends on your goal. If your goal is muscle hypertrophy and definition, which is what I recommend, you know, for most people until you get to a point that you're happy with, stick to the basics and progressive overload. And even if you're in that maintenance mode, you still want to stick to the basics and not mix it up too much. If you're in maintenance mode, it just means, you know, you're not slowly adding more resistance. You're just kind of staying the same. Um, If your goal is coordination or having fun or spicing things up, you can try adding some different movements in some cardio, like a dance cardio, or in your mobility before or after class, like what we do in Evla. Okay, so I hope that clears some things up. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. Bye.